Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, A Hundred Nothing Podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, A Hundred Nothing. And today is a special snow day episode where this was not planned, but when it's 26 degrees outside and I'm stuck at home, I figured what the heck. But we got a special uh, special episode today. We got my buddy Casey the Beef Cregan today. What's going on, Casey? Oh, man, I'm laughing at you guys, you know, down there in Texas being all cold and stuff. I just looked uh, on my little weather app and it says it feels like 26 here, too. And I'm in my light jacket and probably go out a little bit later on, you know, get some sun. Well, here's the thing. Down here, this is not normal. And I have to stress the not normal because I grew up in New Jersey, which I want to talk about how small of a world this really is that we live on. But we don't have this stuff that places like New Jersey, and I'm sure I have a lot of listeners being a Notre Dame-centric podcast up in the northern states. Your cities and towns have the infrastructure with snowplows and just the proper tools that you need to be on the road safely and function in 26 degree weather corpus christi texas which is three hours north of mexico does not have those things so when you send a bunch of people out on the road all willy-nilly who have no idea what the hell they're doing you're only asking for trouble and it's funny you say that too because we we like to think up here right in the northeast that we know how to drive in the snow that's not necessarily true we just do it more so there's still there's still the jerks that are on the road slipping and sliding everywhere and you're exactly right too there we definitely have those sand silos on major highways that these big huge trucks come and they'll they're throwing the sand down to try to get that ice but man oh man it's still awful bro i i would i would switch places with you yesterday uh, as, as far as where you live and your climate. Uh, I'm still staring at 30 inches of snow at, at my curb out front, and, and it's now ice because it's still so cold. Oh, yeah. Uh, my, roof, my roof's got ice on uh, in the gutters, and apparently that's not good. I mean, a, a guy that owned two houses, one in <laughs> South Carolina, one in Florida, I don't know what the hell ice on a gutter is. And here I am having to deal with it, so it's brutal, bro. I, 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 I feel your pain. I do. If you want to know what ice in the gutter is, I recommend watching Christmas Vacation. Why is the floor wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Asked and answered. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, that, that actually makes all the sense in the world. I'm going to watch it later on tonight. You need to. Uh, yeah, so we're not, we're not used to this. And um, I appreciate my company for giving me a snow day. I don't appreciate my secondary job for at this point in time at... 225 telling me I have to go to work at 6 but we'll see how that goes our GM did say it takes a lot of ass kissing to get clothes and she's trying to because I think she's also working tonight she's on, she's on the clock tonight and she doesn't want to go to work either so we'll, we'll see how that goes but um, I do remember when I was in New Jersey I'll never forget this me and my neighbor I don't even know how old I was I, 8, 9, 10 years old we built an igloo because why not? That igloo lasted almost a full week to the point where the re- everything had melted. You can see grass again. And there was still like a six-inch like half circle where our igloo used to be. But that's New Jersey. And 
you know, it was part of the I deal. I swear, this, this stuff is, I'm not even kidding when I say 30 inches, because with the plows and things that come, we probably had 20, 21 inches, which was more, more snow than New Jersey's had in uh, five years, I think is what they said. I wasn't here five years ago, so I don't know. Uh, but with the plows and everything going up, like my son loves it, you know, three-year-olds love it, but... Uh, I used to love it myself. We would go out, and there was a place in the woods or a little town I grew up in, in, in Union County, which I know we're going to get to the small world thing. But um, we're back in the woods, and we were able to like carve out you know, just Mother Nature, really. But we were able to carve out this tremendous sledding hill, and it had the, the twists and turns. And the thing is, at the bottom was uh, the Raritan River. So I think the uh, Passaic River? Passaic River. So, like, and there was a jump. You had to stop yourself from before you hit the jump and you were going or you were going in the water. But we had so much fun. I just remember because I hate the cold so bad, like with the white hot intensity of a thousand suns, I can't stand it. But we used to be outside from nine o'clock in the morning till till mom called us for dinner, man, and and loved it and we're sweating uh, under all our snow clothes. But now I, my son wants to go outside. I, I'd, I'd rather eat rocks than go outside in the snow right now. That's funny because my, my snow days lasted um, one of two ways. It was um, I'd go outside and the neighbor I mentioned I built an igloo with, his favorite thing to do because he was like three years older than me was stuff snow down the back of my snowsuit. So I would either go out and be back in five minutes crying because now I have snow down my ass or I'd be out all day. And I do remember one of my uh, friends, they lived on a – their street was kind of a hill and we got an ice storm. It wasn't, and you know the difference between a snowstorm and an ice storm. Their street, you, you couldn't drive up your, their street. So we parked at the bottom, walked up and we got a radio flyer and we'd go down their street. But the thing was, the bottom of their street was not just like, oh, just another, it was a fairly busy intersection street. So you had to wreck yourself into some neighbor's yard with the radio fly, just jerk the, the you go down head first, goes like you're on a fucking bobsled or the luge in the Olympics, and then just rip the handlebars and wreck yourself and hope that you don't make it down all the way to that street. <laughs> the things we did, the things we did as kids, right? I think it just translates now to drinking beers and stupid shit we do when we're drinking beers, but, uh, but it's the same idea, you know? It, it, we didn't yeah. actually lose that, that uh, nuts part okay. of our brain. Speaking of drinking beer, and again, oh, I, I failed to mention, watch me for the changes and try to keep up. If anything ever more than this show, this particular episode, yes, please watch us for the changes. Um, you're a beer drinker. I was just watching Shark Tank. Do you watch Shark Tank? Rarely, but it is it intrigues me. They just had one. These guys were making this thing called the Draft Top. And I remember it vividly because I literally watched it about 30 minutes before me and you started talking. Their pitch was, do you hate drinking beer out of a can? Don't you wish you could have a draft beer all the time? And what you need is the draft top. And it's basically a reverse can opener. You strap this thing on to the top of your can and twist it. And it uh, basically breaks the can and like like a can opener, but from the inside to where you can still drink out of the top and there's no sharp edges or anything. The, the lid falls into the beer. You, you with me so far? The uh, lid sure. falls into the fucking beer. And it basically shaves it off, but then you like you, you 
punch it down with your finger, your keys, whatever, and then you drink it. And it's like a draft beer because you can get all the aromas of the beer and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm sitting here watching this thing. First of all, uh, if you know the, the Shark Tank characters, Mark Cuban and Damon John, Damon John and uh, Rob, none of them can work the fucking thing. For starters, they can't work the damn thing. Like, um, it doesn't work. But I'm sitting here going, and I'm 1,000% sure you're on my page. You just created a lot more steps between me and drinking beer. 100%. What? 100%. Wait, who? Here, let me, let me take 35 minutes to get this top off. Rather than I could just go... And, and and within two two moves, right? It's a <laughs> and into the mouth. Now I gotta put this thing on, make sure it's tightly, perfectly tight, yeah. and then spin something around, pick it up, knock it into the beer. Now I got shit in my beer because I don't know what the hell has been on the top. Rats could have been shitting on the beer, and then you do. No, no, man, come on. Tell me, tell me, somebody put money behind this thing. Hold on. Oh, I'm getting there. I got. Right. I have your answer though. They made a YouTube video. They have in, uh, other instructional things, how to use this properly. They they suggest and recommend and encourage you to try it on empties first. So you perfect the art of removing the top appropriately. I'm like, hold on. So now I have to drink my beer, then take the empty can and get something else and fucking, what? So, yup. Oh, they got, they, got a, they got a seller. Damon John gave him, uh, it was 50000 no, they're not that, it was $150,000 for 30%. Wow. Well, that's the thing, because there's assholes out there that would love this. Well, dude. You don't think now, because it's taking way too much fucking time. There are assholes out there that will do it. I'm focusing on the hilarious side of it, but the business, like, factual side of it, their lifetime sales, which is, I if I remember, it was either two or three years, was over $2 million. <laughs> You're doing better than us on these podcasts. Oh, shit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sitting here laughing my ass off, and then they get into the numbers, and I'm going, what the fuck am I doing? I take back all of what I just said. Right? Brilliant. This is how I live my life. That's exactly right. It, the uh, the problem with that is how these guys think of this these little widgets, right? And and other people are like, oh, it's so cool. They're not thinking outside the box, though. They're thinking very surface. Like, oh, this is great. I can have my draft beer. But you and I are like, whoa. When we're trying to think thirty-five blue cans, we're not trying to see you know take twenty minutes on each because we only have you know we've got families too, right? So we don't have a we don't have all night to be drinking. We've got a certain amount of time. For me, it's a little bit earlier than most now with the three-year-old. You know, i got to get it in. I can't be doing that to get my 13, 15 beers in. No, for sure. As, as a family man, I can appreciate that. When I started working at the, the restaurant, we were a much more tight-knit group to where whoever got out first would run to Walmart, which was very, very close. Oh, and you'll hate this. Oh, you'll hate this. As a New Jersey resident, you will hate the shit out of this. You'd run to Walmart to go get a case of whatever. Dos Equis, Bud Light, Mirror Light. It don't matter. But the reason you're going to hate it is because we can go get that shit at Walmart. You don't have to go to a fucking liquor store only, which closes at fucking 9 o'clock. That's, that's the biggest joke on an alcoholic ever, by the way. 
It is really is. I, having lived, I lived in Tampa and I lived in South Carolina. Okay, yeah, okay. So I, I did, I did have that. We would go. There was one place. I think it was Louisiana that had oh, the liquor. Dude, yeah, Louisiana. would walk into, and you're like, wait, hold on, hold on. The other two states that I lived in had, had liquor stores, but, but you know, hold on, you can buy liquor in this CVS. Dude, you talk about Texas wanting to succeed. Oh, Texas is their own state. No, Louisiana is their own fucking thing, <laughs> bro. No, forget liquor. Liquor at a CVS. How about to the drive-through drive liquor stores to go? You, I'm not even like Casey. You can go to a restaurant, and I, I don't, I don't think all of them like chain restaurants don't do it. But if it's like a Louisiana restaurant, family-owned, operated, whatever, you can go, hey, I want that margarita to go. Done. Put it in to go cup. can't put the straw in it. They yes. can't put the straw in it because then they're, then they're telling you to drink. Yes. But, yeah, they have the drive through daiquiri shops, which, my, like I said, the company I work for is out of Mississippi, Ellis, uh, uh, in, near Hattiesburg, um, Mississippi, near, near Southern Mission. We fly into New Orleans when we go there. So literally every time on my way out of town, I'm going to a drive-through Dax shop. We have a whole thing on the Chop and Beef show about banana Dax. We love banana or Dax. So I got to go get whatever they're, they're usually called something monkey or whatever. So I get the monkey Dax, and they don't put this. I was like, can you put the straw in it every time? Can you put the straw in? No, sir, we can't do that. Oh, okay. Like, I'm not going to drink this on the way to the airport, right? Thankfully, they're right down the street from the airport. So it's not like I'm really doing it. But it's just something. It's a novelty. You got to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. so uh, we can get beer at Walmart, CVS, wherever. But the first guy out at the restaurant would go buy a case. Then we go get an old cardboard box, trash bag, take the ice from the restaurant in the ice bin, fill that up, throw the beer in there, and it would sit till everybody's done. And then because I couldn't be out all night, I got a, my keys in my hand, stab it, pop the top, do a couple <laughs> shotguns. All right. That was fun. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Later, boys. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, that, that's funny. I, that New Jersey doesn't have those. That's just, that's unfortunate. But no, they don't. But and real quick, he mentioned his job. Uh, Casey mentioned chopping beef. I do highly recommend looking up the chopping beef show. If you're like, if you're liking what we're doing right here, and I've only known Casey for a few years, and really, uh, on the level that I know him now, for the last less than a year, really. Um, but he's got buddies he's known for years. That the Chop and Beef Show is this. If you like Dan Levitard, if you like what we're doing, please look up the Chop and Beef Show. It's it's fun. It's enjoyable. I mentioned on my last episode, it's an escape from whatever your daily life is bringing you. Because I promise you, it's. Not as fun as chopping beef. So. <laughs> and that's what we're trying to do. I thank you for that. But that's not, and I appreciate the plug very much. Um, yeah, we have our handful of listeners every week. It's a, it's a fun thing for me, an outlet. But it is what we're trying to do. It started out serious for me personally. And then I was like, I brought in two buddies. And I was like, this is way more fun when we're just talking about nothing. Um, yeah. and, and laugh about it. And, and, and try to make things serious that aren't serious at all. Oh, you know? so, for sure. Uh, my yeah. love. And when uh, I I've mentioned it before, and you've been talking to me long enough, I if there's an opportunity to be sarcastic, I am all over it. So mm-hmm. I, you know it is what it is. But we've talked about New Jersey a lot. We've mentioned the small world. 
So it's it really is crazy how much you're reminded how small this country of what what are we up to now in America? Okay, is it how many billions? <laughs> Too many. Three. Yeah. But um, so my mom and dad grew up in one was in Elizabeth, one was in Roselle Park, New Jersey, which. If you're a New Jersey resident or have been through the state, you know of the Garden State Parkway, you live off of exits. What exit are you off of? That's kind of the, the general question. It's become a joke, but it's a serious question. And my parents are 136, 137. And as I'm talking to Casey over the, these years, he keeps he, I keep hearing him mentioning things. And I'm like, that's, that's where my parents live. That's where I grew I spent many Christmases, Thanksgivings, and other weekends in those neighborhoods when he went to high school he was playing against the high schools my parents went to so you were a casey what exit were you <laughs> 142 c <laughs> yeah that's a thing i don't mean to go off on the tangent but it, it, it's such a joke and and you heard it all the time as a kid that went to clemson uh from new jersey you know stereotypically people look look at you and they say oh what exit well, and we get all defensive about it, right, being from New Jersey. But at the end of the day, we know what exit numbers we're from. And when you ask somebody from another state, like, hey, what exit off of the highway is the Clemson exit? I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, what? it's 19B, by the way. But, like, what, you know, and I know that because I think it's just ingrained in us here. I don't know why. It's a weird thing. And, and it's funny for me, um, I... I took it very seriously. What exit? What direction are you coming from? Because for me, coming from the north, going south, it was 117. Coming from my grandmother, who was, um, my one grandma was 137, but the other was 88. Coming from hers, it was 114. So I was 114 or 117, depending on which direction you're coming from. So I took it very seriously. I asked what road, because you could get to like 142C was actually Route 24. So I lived off of Route 78 and Route 24. It's I-78 and Route 24. Yeah. So technically off the parkway, I didn't live right off the parkway, like Roselle Park is pretty much right off the parkway. Oh, yeah. 130. Elizabeth, it's pretty much, you get on Mars Avenue, you go on 137 yep. or 82, whatever it is. Um, I was a little bit off, so I would always say what road. And if you're on the turnpike, it's actually 11 to get on the parkway to get up to 142. So we know all the numbers. So I would be that wise ass and say, what road are you talking because yeah. I know them all. I mean, on 78, we were exit 36. But small world, we grew up in the same home, uh, county, literally. Yeah. Same county as your parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was born, which I, I feel like I mentioned, I was born in Red Bank uh, Riverview Hospital, which is closer to Union County than where I actually lived. But yeah, it's, it's just it's a small world. I'm reminded all the time. Uh, I cross paths with people in... If you can't tell, me and Casey like to talk. Um, I have a show where I, as he pointed out, I talk to myself for 45 minutes. But that's... Well, I've done it. I've done it. So I know. Yeah, Literally. Talking it, to the wall. It's a Jersey thing. It is what it is. Uh, are you Italian? I do have Italian in my family, yes. Okay. I'm mostly, I'm mostly Italian. Shockingly, my last name is Czechoslovakian. But... My mom is 75% Italian. My grandfather, fun story, speaking of Italian, I was five or six years old, and my grandfather, I learned a fun phrase. 
And my grandpa, oh, my grandfather was the best. Pop up, buddy, man. He said, Bafanopoli. I didn't know what that meant. And I'm like, that sounds cool. My mom told me the story later in life. But I was walking around going, Bafanopoli. And every time I said it, my uncles and aunts would laugh and like, oh, Michael John. <laughs> I learned as I got older, you know what Bafanopoli means in Italian? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, I've heard that around a table before. I have yeah. an Uncle Rocco. Yeah. What's that? I said, I, I've heard that around the table. I have an Uncle Rocco. Rocco, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I finally learned what that means. And I'm just like, my grandpa was awesome. Like, now, he's saying in Italian because we don't know what the hell he means. He, he was born in Italy. And it was just... Uh, but yeah, my mom's main name is Salinardo, but if you want to be authentic about it, it's Salinardo. You know, so, yeah, I was very Italian, um, and that's that's Jersey, but that's where we get our can't shut upness. You know. <laughs> yeah, my mom is is technically twenty five or fifty percent Italian, but she was comes from a divorced parents and was raised by all Italians. And you know how that is. So she is technically she's second generation because her grandmother came over from Italy. So her 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 mom was technically first generation Italian, and then my mom was second generation. So she was literally raised by five kids, um, five of her her aunts and uncles, and her mom, and and then her grandma. So literally, we say fifty fifty because. In actuality, it is 50-50 because that's how she, she was raised and brought up. But I think if you tested our blood, it's actually 75-25. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. That, I don't that, think there's a test, though. I don't, I don't think there's a true test to that. There should be. There should be. That's Jersey, man. Like, I think about all the friends I have from back there, and it's like Italian names galore. You know, my, my best friend that I grew up with, uh, Inzarello. I mean, like that's pretty Italian, but yeah. but it's it's a small world, it, and if you run into a, a, it doesn't even matter, male, female, whatever, someone from Jersey, we're usually mis. How's uh, the word I'm, I'm looking for? It, but the outside Jersey, I feel like we're stereotyped in a way that's misrepresented because. I use the car horn as a great example, and you, I'm sure you can appreciate this, having lived outside the state of New Jersey. The car horn is not meant to be disrespectful. It's not meant for you to draw a gun on me at a stoplight. It's not meant for you to, you know, circle back around and then tailgate me for three miles. It's meant to move your fucking ass or, like, in the nicest <laughs> way possible, or you are somehow bothering me or I want your attention, but not in a I'm trying to start a fight kind of way. But everywhere outside of the state of New Jersey, or New York for that matter, I mean, if you don't like car horns, do not go to New York City. That's all I can tell you. Like, you're not gonna be a fan. But it's funny because in Texas, that, like, honking the horn is effectively walking up, sitting in, at a stoplight is the same as open up someone's car door, sitting in their passenger seat, slapping them in the face, and then getting back in your car. That's the way they see it. And I don't get it. It's like the reaction is so not warranted. I'll be honest with you, though. If someone beeps at me here, they're going to be late to their own funeral. 
get through the life. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that, like, you know, if I'm, I don't know, I got my three-year-old probably in the back, right? So I'm, like, talking to him, probably showing him pictures of the Hulk or grabbing <laughs> something that trying to throw up my head, and then here comes that, Wah! it's not, like, a gentle one either here in New Jersey. It's always, like, the lay on the horn. It's like, really? This thing literally isn't even warm yet to turning green. That light isn't even warm. It literally just turned green, and I see it, and I'm usually quick to react. Cause I want to get off that line, right? Because I got that comp- competitive uh, gene in, in me too. And I get the wah. Okay, I'm not really in a rush today, bud. So I'm going to be making this right hand turn at about I don't know negative six miles an hour. I do the same <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm laughing hard because I'm. That is me. You have to. You have to, man. However, relate to your own funeral. I, I would do that. But put me in, put me behind you. I hope you like the sound of a car horn because you're getting it for the next mile and a half. <laughs> I ain't letting up. But I do have fun with it because I'll lay into it for a while. And I'm like, all right, he got the message. But maybe he didn't. So then I, I, it becomes a fun game. And I'll just go, eh, 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 eh. I'll, I'll make music out of it. Well, then you gotta I'm still catch here. up to him, right? And then make sure you look at him, see, and make that face. Like, wh- <laughs> what are you doing? You know, we all make that face. Like, what are you doing, guy? You know, it's tremendous. It's oh, tremendous. I, I wave back. I, I get. Wave. I wave. Someone beeps. That's not beeps. I just wave. I wave. <laughs> I wave and give him a phone. Like, what are you waving at? And I'm like, oh, I just made a friend, bud. I just made a friend. <laughs> My, my, my son asked me the same thing. Hey, Daddy, why did you wave at that man? Weren't you just honking at him? I was like, oh, he's nice. I gave him a thumbs up too. People understand the middle finger here is basically saying hello as well. <laughs> That's it. That's you New know? Jersey, man. And you know what? Uh, you you well, Hey, it's up to 28 degrees. So you get an Apple That's Watch. It'll, it'll learn you something. Yeah, we're up to 28. We're still below freezing. And that's... You brought you brought that down here somehow. I don't know. Just coming on your show today. I, yeah. I, I guess so. It was like, you know. But, you know where it was actually... Well, it wasn't nice. Temperature-wise, it was nice. Weather-wise, it was not fantastic. It was Daytona. The Daytona 500, as you called it. Like, you went way hick on it, and I, I appreciate that. Well, that came from, I get I get a lot of my quotes from actual people. Like, literally, this guy was saying, the 500. <laughs> the 500, yeah, I came down to go to 500. He was from New Jersey. That's a surprise. See, yeah, South I, Jersey. I, well, yeah, they're different. They're, they're, they're more Philly. They're, South Jersey's Philadelphia. Um, but I, I never was, I was into NASCAR in the sense of like, I knew what it was. I watched it. I was kind of a Dale senior fan. And when he died, unfortunately, it was, it's, it's like anything. If you don't have a vested interest, you're not really paying attention, you know? Uh, so I kind of lost interest. Then I moved down to Texas and all of a sudden like NASCAR is a big thing, shockingly. And I got into it, and I learned yesterday that you're not a big fan, and I'm amazed. I don't know how you're not a bigger fan. So you're telling me 
that that five hour forty minute rain delay did not make you a bigger NASCAR fan? <laughs> like how are you, how are you not into it watching it till one in the morning on the East Coast or whatever the fuck it was? <laughs> from from talking to you and, and talking to the boys and having been to Daytona, I actually went to Daytona in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen, maybe. Um, I loved being there. But having, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to sit down and watch it. Quite honestly, what else was on TV yesterday? I watched a bunch of college basketball. I was with my kid um, and my wife for Valentine's Day, right? But so I turned it on. I turned it on. I said, I'm going to watch this thing. And, and I did. I watched 15 laps, and I was excited. The big wreck that comes on the 15th lap. And I'm like, oh, okay, they crashed. You know, they'll take the cars off the track. We'll be. I'll turn it on something else for a little bit. Come back in about a half hour. It should be, it should be ready to go. It wasn't. Then we had like dinner, and I turned it back on. There was a race on, and I was like, "This is cool." And then they were making like turns into into the track, and I'm like, "Wait, that's not Daytona. That's not the circle thing." They apparently they put on a different a different race from another another year, and I don't even know. They were making right hand turns. It was weird for me, and so I uh, I finally turned it off, and then I never turned it back on. Um, I watched uh, I probably watched American Idol instead. It was Valentine's well, Day. That's what we did. If you did what I did, which I had to go to work, which was ridiculous. Uh, driving home was an adventure. But I did record every 30-minute show after the Daytona 500 was supposed to end so that I couldn't watch it when I got home. And if you did watch it, this is why NASCAR can be extremely frustrating and maybe why you wouldn't even want to watch it. So I have a driver. I've had a driver for years, Denny Hamlin. Love the guy. He's, a, he's just he's a regular dude. He plays golf. He teamed up with Michael Jordan to make a a race team. He's sponsored by Jordan. Like he's a cool dude. He he plays basketball. I've seen on uh, his social media where he, he's playing pickup games and stuff. He's a regular dude. He had the the best car yesterday. Led ninety eight laps. By far the most laps led of any driver. In the Daytona 500 yesterday, he lost because of a pit stop. And not because of his own pit stop. And I'm not going to go into details. If you like NASCAR, if you don't, I'm, I'm not going to bore you with the, the specifics. But the, the basis of it is manufacturers try to stick together, and especially teams. Well, a group of Fords made a pit stop, and then the Toyotas, which is what Hamlin drives, made a pit stop. Denny Hamlin's team made the best pit stop. And he was flying off pit road by himself because nobody else made a good fucking pit stop. And in NASCAR, drafting is key, especially at Daytona. And they show a graphic on the television as he's coming off a of pit road. And Gordon and Boyer, the announcers, are going, oh, looks like Hamlin's up to speed, but he's by himself. And they flash up his miles per hour. He's going 184. And here comes a train of like 10 cars doing 196. And I'm like, oh, he's getting passed. So he goes from first place, leading the entire race, all the way back to 12th because of a pit stop. And, like, that doesn't exist in other sports. You're not going to – you're not going to be winning – Clemson's not going to be winning or Notre Dame's not going to be winning by, you know, 20 points, call a timeout, come out and go, we lost 13 points because we called a timeout? How does that work? That's effectively what the fuck happened. And it makes no. It's it's frustrating. It's part of the sport. I get it, but it's annoying. Like you're you're the best. Like there's, you were the best car, and all of a sudden you took a break, you called a timeout, and now you're you're not. 
<laughs> who ended up winning? I don't even know what? who won. No, hold on, hold on. It's good. I talked to my dad this morning. Michael McDowell, who is one of the only drivers ever to have a life-threatening wreck on a qualifying lap. He was qualifying in ten... Qualif- just... Trying to, by himself? Just him, and, just him and the track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the track. <laughs> he wrecked so hard to the wall. He rolled his car like four times. He was the punchline. Me and my dad would flip it on. And like, I wonder where the... You know, who's the place where he goes? Oh, I bet McDowell's at least in 35th place. And sure enough, there's McDowell, 35th place. Guy's been running for years. He wins. Why? Because the three guys in front of him wrecked. He happened to be in fourth. The two and the 22. That's what I got from uh, yes. from one of my loyal listeners. I don't know who the two or the 22 is. I think the two is Rusty Wallace. <laughs> so, the, straight, the straight face was money. Um, it is not Rusty Wallace. It's bread. Here's how far it's come. You went from Rusty and Dale and, you know, real country boys to Brad Keselowski. That's who, that's who runs the two. Not, not the country boy. Why does a piece of paper? And then Joey Logano, who sounds Italian, which he might be, but he looks like a pretty standard white boy. Well, I know Martin Truex Jr. is from New Jersey, right? Yes. Uh, is it Middletown? No. Oh, he's a Jersey kid. It's down there. For those, it's down yonder. That's what we say up here. He's a, he's a Jersey kid for sure. Jersey, yeah. But, yeah, no, it was, it was fun uh, watching the Daytona 500. Um, unfortunately, Danny Hamlin, who was going for three in a row, didn't get it because of a pit stop. Like, I... That's just mind-boggling to me. And it was fu- the effed up part is it wasn't because of his own pit stop. It was the rest of his team that <laughs> if they came out in, in four, they went in with four, if they came out together, they're pushing each other and, and getting momentum. He came out solo. He ran a it half a lap like busy by himself. It sounds like Clemson football where they don't put a, their, uh, their foot on the throat. You know, you have the best car, you have the best team. Go out and win the damn thing. Who cares who's behind you? Like, no, you're pick a new show. You're preaching the wrong choir. You got some <laughs> Notre Dame fans listening. You're talking to one. Talk about foot on the throat. We are the king. We there. You know what trophy we own? The trophy of playing down your competition. We own that one. We do it all no, the time. Uh, and we it's, like that too. We it, lost to in 2017 to Syracuse. You did. We also before Dabo, and we were losing to Wake Forest, and then beating Florida State the next week. So I mean, this is this is my why I'm gun shy. I got you, but well, if you beat Florida State now, that's not impressive. No, but back then they were third in the country. We took the goalposts downtown Clemson. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, Florida football, do you see uh, your championships fake? Got a new coach. I did. I did see that. I think that's actually a smart hire. I think so too, but it's going to be the typical UCF story. I'm out market today, February fifteenth. Gus Malzahn is going to do what Gus Malzahn does, and in two years, maybe three, he's gone to something better. 
because UCF is not the better. They're the stepping stone. They always will be the stepping stone, despite what their fans seem to think and want to believe. It's just not there. It, that, it's a great spot for Gus Malzahn to go because you can get talent. You get all the Florida State, Florida, Miami rejects and build a team. That's fine. But that's not where you go to make your home and make your name. No, and there's 100, percent and I think I think you've seen it on on the Twitterverse, and I've seen it as well. That uh, some of the some of the fan bases, some of that fan base believes that they are better than what they are, and I think it probably was that 2017 year that made them believe that they are better, better. But as you say, your championship's fake. Even though I do hold, my son has a a UCF national champion uh, onesie that he used to wear when he was younger. Um, I, I'm a fan of UCF. I really am, but it, but they are a stepping stone. And heck, one of our, uh, Clemson, I know I know Notre Dame, I'm sorry, Notre Dame fans, but I know one of our coaches went to USF, our, offense, our old co-offensive coordinator. But I think you're, I think we're all naive if we think that those, those type places are going to keep guys like that. They're going to make or break. Jeff Scott at USF wins five years in a row. You know, where he's winning six, seven, eight games. He's the hottest name on the market to go to the SEC, the Big 12, the Big 10, somewhere. Same, same idea for Gus. Gus just got fired from a big-time job. He goes and wins 10 more, ten games three years from now. Where's he going to be? He's going to be next coach at, I don't know, Arkansas, Georgia, um, yeah, Baylor. You know, he could go back to somewhere bigger and better. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. They, and anything with the uh, that Power 5 logo on the chest, that's what they're looking for. And, and rightfully so. <clears throat> That's where you get the the finan- the boosters and the financial backing, the facilities, all of that. Uh, it, it's tough for UCF, but but yeah, if I can pick on them, I do because they just and you could argue Notre Dame fans have a a false sense of what we are. Um, and you know what? I you've heard me talk about it enough, and if you've listened to my podcast for four episodes you've heard me talk about it that used well, to be have, true go ahead i know this is your show i said i know this is your show but let me have a response to what you've been talking about go ahead. Yeah, i was go. a true believer i was a true believer in notre dame being overrated for a long time um you did put it in great perspective uh, not that they're overrated they always in in our minds and and it was wrong i'm gonna go out right now and tell you out on the twitter or in the in the podcast first and tell you that i was wrong um that they always seem to get the benefit of the doubt. But the way that you broke it down, especially like when they were in the Fiesta Bowl and got blown out by Oklahoma State, and everyone's like, oh my God, how does it, uh, you're going to correct me, but how does a 10 and 2 team, Notre Dame team win? It was just always, even in like the EA sports games and stuff, it was always like every conference and Notre Dame. You know, it was always, it always had that little thing in, in the, so you're always, and especially being in the Northeast, everyone knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who played at Notre Dame, right? Um, so that you had to listen to it all the time. My cousin happened to go to University of Miami during those Catholic versus convict days, so I was the antithesis of a Notre Dame fan, and I, I held that through. Um, but your your pod uh, to get back on point, your podcast broke it down that they are right. They, I think they were right, rightfully uh, rated, or what is it, properly rated. That was a, a little better word yeah. than than overrated in the past. Um, I think it was the benefit of the doubt and. and I'm going off again. I'm sorry. Pal. You're good. Uh, it has everything to do with people thinking things that aren't true anymore that may have been true in the past. Yes. Right. Um, I take the same idea of that that wrong thought process that I had about Notre Dame 
and I think the SEC being elite is is the same thought process. It is the SEC fans and SEC media and the money's in those conference that they're just you just get fed force fed constantly the bullshit that is they are the upper echelon of of college football. Yeah, you know what? Alabama is the cream of the crop, and you said it on every one of your pods. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State are the three right now that are above everybody else, and it's true. But I'm sorry, South Carolina, you're not part of that. Arkansas, you're not part of that. Uh, Vanderbilt, you're not part of that. Like this, this thing came about when when Tebow was there in the '90s and early 2000s about how good the conference was because it was. It's not. Tennessee was good. Georgia was good. Florida was good. South Carolina was good. Arkansas was good. Uh, Auburn was good. Like you keep naming names, they were all good. They're not there anymore. There's three maybe good teams, which is the same as every other flipping conference. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my soapbox. I, I just, I, I just hate that that yeah. that that thing it, it still lives to this day. And so the way that you said it in your podcast, that thing that Notre Dame was overrated for a long time still lives in people's thought processes today. Yeah. No, you're 100 right. Uh, I couldn't say it better. And the reason the SEC lives on uh, a little bit longer is because I, the, the coattails of Alabama. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I mean, it's that simple. So, Even in the one down year, they get LSU, right, for an all-world yeah. year. Like, the, you know, yeah. arguably the best team ever. And I'm, I'm, they beat the shit out of my squad. So, like, I, I was on board with that. And they were as good as can be. But, yeah, it's all Alabama. You know, with the one offshoot, even the one year Georgia got to the national championship. I mean, they are the they, biggest underachieving they, they, underachieving program in the country. But they were playing against Alabama. <laughs> People still think they're elite, though. It's like yeah, they get the recruits, anyway. I guess. But uh, it gets my it gets my ire up. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Well, you know, I'll, I'll change the subject. I'll change it a little bit. Why doesn't Clemson want to play Notre Dame in basketball? You tried to get out of the game in November with Trevor Lawrence and COVID. Now the whole team for Clemson says, you know what? It's contact tracing. We can't go play the Irish. We, we're not good at basketball. Well, you guys got five guys averaging 10 points or more. <laughs> you know, I think the, it was maybe Clemson's big defensive-minded on uh, in basketball. I just think there was a utter fear in, in the room. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. Dude, we know what it is. Me and my dad's running joke is, and it, maybe it applies. I don't know. Maybe Clemson doesn't like this. We have, I don't know, four too many white guys <laughs> to to be super competitive in college basketball. But that's what it is. It's, I love Mike Bray, though. I think he's great. I, I, he's had a couple of kids from my high school that are at least one that have played there. Um, he, I, I've met the man at, at my high school recruiting some of these kids, so he, he's a really good guy. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of theirs, but, yeah, this I'll tell you what, this is the wrong time for, for Clemson to be going back under these this COVID protocol thing because they started out hot. They were 9-1, and one, ranked in the top 12 in the country with big wins against top 10 Alabama, top 25 Purdue, uh, Florida State, you know, who will be a top 10 team. They beat all these teams. We're hot, hot, hot. They, they go COVID protocol, lose 10 days, 12 days, whatever it was. 
a comeback, lose three or four, and it wasn't even close. I mean, they were just blown out of the gym by Virginia, Georgia Tech, Florida State again. Um, so to have it in the back end of the schedule looked on paper favorable for Clemson, and, and we're not a basketball school. And we're pretty good this year, but we're not a basketball school. Um, but a game like Notre Dame was probably the last, quote, test. Um, and then coming up with BC, Wake Forest, teams like that, they should beat the lower echelon of the conference. So, man, it really stinks. Uh, all the Clemson Twitter and, and Facebook pages today are talking about how it, 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 another break might make them lose by 100 again to some teams they shouldn't. Yeah, I was looking forward to the game. I, I, and uh, if you guys can't tell, Casey does do a lot of work for Clemson college basketball. Um, he, he's on top of that. I do follow, uh, I'm a Notre Dame guy all the way through to the point of, <clears throat> as a joke, but not so much as a joke because we celebrated it in form of text and phone call. When Notre Dame women won the national championship in soccer, oh, I yeah. wo- 100% bought my dad a t-shirt that said that. Um, but anyway, so I, great. yeah, my dad swears, he goes, if Notre Dame wins a checkers championship, I'm getting something. So we're Notre Dame all the way. I follow Notre Dame college basketball. I do like Coach Bray. I don't know what the, – there's a disconnect. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it because his recruiting classes were peaking and if, for whatever reason are, are on the downside. I don't know what it is. But I was looking forward to the game just to beef with beef. Um, and it, it's just the, the COVID thing, man. It sucks. And, yeah, Clemson has a decent squad this year or – they appear They're to deep. When, They're yeah. deep, yeah. Yeah. And, and also, they, I, I, we've referenced it, you've referenced it. Why is your nickname Beef? Tell, <laughs> tell my listeners how, how freaking big you are. Well, I am big, but it has nothing to do with that, surprisingly. Really? I, I'm, I'm of the 6'4", 260-pound ilk, so like, I'm not a small guy anymore. Um, was in shape at one point a couple of years ago, and then I got married and had a kid. And it's very true about putting on that baby weight for, for guys like me. Oh, or once you move back to New Jersey and discover pizza again and bagels. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, uh, it's a stupid story. But when we were in high school, it's me and my probably my smallest friend. He's pr- probably about your size. We, we actually would go. So my senior year, I didn't play soccer. So we would go to every game. We'd always go to Taco Bell before the game. And, one, and it was the early stages of Taco Bell before it was really what it is today. Uh, we were in the drive-through line. I don't know what it is today, but it is. We're in the drive-through line, and we were ordering tacos. And we're high school kids, right? So we're probably bullshitting to each other. And the lady's like, "Ah, oh, chicken or the beef?" And and my buddy's like, "What did she just say?" I'm like, "I don't know." Excuse me, man. What'd you say? She goes, "Chicken or the beef?" And and my my buddy goes, "Well, obviously the beef. We want the beef." So the whole rest of the day, we started doing it just to each other. And to this day, we were probably 16 years, 17 years old. To this day, we're we're each the beef. Uh, he's a little beef. I'm big beef, obviously. But that that's literally how it how it started. Uh, people from my high school, and I'm one of these weird people that I went to a Catholic all boys high school in in New Jersey. Shocking. I'm still very very close friends with like 15, 18 guys. Like very close friends. We call each other aunt and uncle. To our kids, call each other aunt and uncle. Um, uh, we don't call each other but uh, we still see each other. A lot of the guys are still around here, but we're we're around the all around the country. So literally, all those guys call me the beef from that day. <laughs> um, we were at, went to a soccer game and the referee gave a card and we're like, "Yeah, give them the beef." 
you know, we, it was so stupid, so great, but that's literally how it, how it stuck. It was so simple. I've wanted a nickname for my entire life, so, and that's the one I get. And now I'm fat, so it works. So that's the full circle Taco Bell story is what that is. It all, it all, it's, it's the Alpha and the Omega Taco Bell. Uh, by the way, how awesome would it be if you called all your buddies aunt and uncle? Like, that'd be, that'd be weird. That'd be but, <laughs> by the way, we, we talk dad jokes. My favorite dad joke, just in everyday happenings, is like, my kids would be like, Daddy, Daddy, look, there's a bunch of ants. And I'm like, I know. I see no uncles, though. There's all ants. There's never an uncle in the group. But a bunch. I love it. Oh, of course. Oh, man. Well, uh, we've, how long have we been going? Shoot, uh, almost 50 minutes. Wow. Man. Bullshit. I know. And that's what I wanted. It's a snow day. It is now. Damn, it's getting hotter. It's 29 degrees. I'm going to start. I'm going to be sweating in a second. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was a snow day. I was sitting at home. I had poured. Well, let's leave the number up to the imagination of the listeners. Uh, a select amount of Crown and Dr. Peppers. And pre, pre, like, it was about 10. It was like 10 in the morning. I have enough for three hours. I'm like, this is. You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. Facts. So, I was like, well, you know what? This would be the perfect day to just have a fun day. Um, you know what? I'm going to do a, a podcast episode with no research, no homework, no preparation. Just go, go. And what more way or what better way to enjoy it than hit you up and kind of bring the, the chopping beef into the five foot nothing, hundred nothing show. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And I truly do uh, enjoy your, your, your show. And like I said earlier, I'm, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. Uh, I'm probably the opposite of a Notre Dame fan. Um, I don't hate them as much anymore because you and you and I's friendship and, and one of my guys, my co-hosts on my show, JJ is a Notre Dame fan as well. Um, but not nearly to the extent of you. So I do enjoy it. I do listen to it. I cringe at times, but you know, especially when you're talking about how good the the recruiting class is going to be and stuff. Hey, um, we got we got to be excited too. <laughs> we can't we can't all get um, Trevor Lawrence and DJ Ukulele and um, oh yes yeah wait, DJ, wait till the next and, one there's and, another one coming and, behind him and Will Shipley oh yeah what Simpson yeah I mean, Bart Simpson right or Homer was it <laughs> sorry about Will Shipley you know. It, they said that if he went to Notre Dame one more time, he maybe would have gone to Notre Dame. No, I know. Thank he's you, a, he's a local kid. Thank you to the Chinese people. That's who I'm thanking for that move. <laughs> An entire <laughs> continent. Entire continent cost us Will Shipley. <laughs> well, he's probably not going to be any good. You know, there's only nine other running backs that are four and five star in the Clemson room. So. Well, you know. And then, yeah. And every, every time there's a good ACC guy who ends up at my NFL team, the Giants, it flames out. Willie Gallman, that was fun. What an experiment that was. And he dating back. Year. What? Wayne Gallman? Yeah. Wayne Gallman was tremendous this year. That's oh, right. That's a signed Wayne Gallman. <laughs> well, you, so you just put on the number nine jersey for any good running back you get? Like, 
Uh, he started it, man. Yeah. See, he was my absolute favorite player for Clemson. Uh, really? Forever. And, and our seats where I had, when I lived in Greenville, South Carolina, and I had season tickets, or the company had season tickets, but the, the season ticket holder was in Savannah. So he didn't get to every game. And I lived close by, so he would send me all the games. So I got an NC State game, and, and Wayne got knocked out. And they were laughing. We were six rows behind the opposing bench. They were laughing. The winter weather gets you? They, you froze what? for a second. Ah, no, it says my internet connection is unstable. No, it's because it's cold. That's what, <laughs> that's what happens when I, when I talk Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I didn't want to hear it either. So, <laughs> so that's it. Uh, well, no, I appreciate... He's not a number one. What's that? He's not a number, not a number one guy. No, so. no. But the ultimate, the ultimate screw job was Danny Cannell. Not only did that – oh, by the way, I actually like him as an analyst. He's actually not bad. But F him for being on the 93 Florida State roster. He can go pound sand. Then to compound that bullshit, he gets drafted by the Giants and decides he really doesn't want to be an NFL quarterback. And he's admitted this bullshit. And I got to listen to that trash? No. <laughs> you oh. – yeah, so ACC NFL players ending up on my NFL roster never work out. I'm over it. But Dexter Lawrence is doing okay, right? Yeah, he's doing all right. That's fair. <laughs> but you know what it is? His name is Lawrence. Whether it's your first name or your last name, Lawrence's and the Giants tend to work out. Good if you point. do enough cocaine, you'll be pretty badass too, I heard. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Dexter needs to do more coke. <laughs> oh man, I I could go on forever. Uh, Casey, I this was fun. This is exactly what I was uh, hoping for. Out of uh, reaching out to you this morning and just you know doing a little five foot nothing beef. Uh, we can call it that or something, but. I really appreciate you having me. Seriously, yeah. I know we've been flirting about doing this for yeah. the last couple of weeks since you started, so I'm glad we got to kind of yeah. do this one. Uh, we're definitely going to have you a little bit uh, more serious campaign here for, for my other one, Sluggo, yeah. in, in the fall. Yeah, talk, talk about Sluggo real quick. No, it's just a college football. It's a little kind of turns Clemson centric just because that's our connections with people. But um, it's a college football podcast. We, we give everyone equal and like do. Obviously, a lot of our knowledge is Clemson, but it's definitely the way more serious. My partner is actually a guy from Texas, like like uh, Pow. Um, he's another Clemson guy. We're both Clemson alums, so we just we just talk Clemson sports for the most part and college football as a whole. So it's just a way more serious. We're no no cursing. Um, a lot more followers, a lot more people to that listen to that one, but uh, yeah. it's good. It's fun. I look forward to being on that one, and I'll uh, I'll just go back into live radio mode because you can come on chopping beef anytime too. <laughs> but you know <laughs> that that one would uh, that would be enjoyable. That would just, <laughs> like like I described it the first time. They talk about whatever the fuck it is they talk about, and. You can't describe it. That should be really your slogan. Put on a shirt or something. Well, you you said, I know we're trying to end this mess, but you, you said this thing a, a minute ago that, uh, oh, God, my brain just was just farted out. Oh, about doing research and not doing research today. And, oh, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I, I've I've not done research for chopping beef. I'm going on three years of doing it. I've not done research for chopping beef for about a year and a half. I know it's awesome. <laughs> so well, I do extensive research for Sluggo. Whether or not it shows, I don't know. Uh, but for chopping beef, I don't. I literally don't look at a thing. We come up with an outline, kind of like the way you did today, about 15 minutes before we go live, and uh, and just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, here's some time at a bar talking sports. Just some topics to touch on. Whatever happens, happens. This is what snow. You grew up in Jersey. I grew. This is what snow days are about. Whatever happens, happens. There's no responsibilities today. So, uh, Casey, the beef, Cregan, I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, check out his show, Chopping Beef. Find him on uh, on Twitter at From Sluggo. You know, guys know where to find me at. MJ Pal 21 if you want a little bit of everything. If you want Notre Dame centric, at Five Foot Nothing Pod. And I appreciate you guys listening. I hope it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Five Foot Nothing, 100 Nothing, out. <laughs>